Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. All right, so I appreciate you guys being here. I want to say something just right off the front. I need you to take notes tonight. I need you to pay attention. There's a reason why I'm at my table today instead of my preaching podium. Because I want to I want to I want to walk through what has historically been and is currently um hard truth for especially Americans to to understand. And so I need you to to write notes, take notes, be diligent, pay attention, both whether you're in this room or whether you're on one of our other platforms. I encourage you, take notes. And if you have questions, to call me or, or email me. Um, but I'm going to ask you what I said when you do that. So if you're just mad, don't call me. If you have a question about the truth, call me. All right? Everybody okay? And so because it... We're going to continue our study in First Peter. And the subject that we're talking about today is submission to authority. And I'll be honest with you, I knew this teaching's been coming for how long have we been in First Peter? Now, 13 weeks, 14 weeks? About, seems like about a year, yeah. And uh, it's not getting any easier, but it's here we are. And so I knew this text was coming, and I knew when I outlined first peter however long ago that was that this would happen that this conversation needed to be had i just didn't really realize how on time god was with his word even when we have a plan and i think right now the condition of the world that we live in the situation with the um the governing authorities that we're under we we find ourselves especially as red-blooded blooded red-blooded heated rebellious americans who we have been by nature by our very heritage we have a hard time accepting the truths that we're going to talk about today but i'm going to caveat all of that with this first i have found no reason and trust me when i tell you i've tried angela tell you for the months that i've been studying this i've tried to find a loophole in the text that i'm going to read you today (laughs) I've dug deep, I've prayed long, and I have found zero reason to make the Word of God subservient to my personal opinion. And that's that's the truth. And so, here we go. All right? We're going to study today, and I'm talking, like I said, we're going to talk about submission to authority <coughs> as you take notes. And we are in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, verse 13. And we're going to work through 17, but I'll get to that in just a few moments. Before, because this is such a hard text, I want to remind us of the reason 1 Peter was written in the first place. And we've discussed this several times. matter of fact, I think probably every time that we've had a lesson in regard to 1 Peter. Because we need to understand why 1 Peter was written in the first place. Why did Peter write this letter? If you'll remember, at the very beginning of the text, 
Peter says in 1.1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Asia, I'm sorry, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. And so he's calling them um, essentially people, resident aliens, people who have been scattered because of persecution. The church has been persecuted by the governing authorities. This is the whole reason, both by the governing authorities, both religious and civil authorities. And so this is the whole reason the letter has been written. And so we have to look at everything from that foundation. Why is he writing to them? Because he wanted to comfort them and tell them, it doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. To stand strong, which is the, what we've called this text all along. And he, he makes three arguments as to why we should stand strong. First one is that we should stand strong because of the incredible salvation that we've been offered in Christ Jesus. And we've passed that portion of the text, and we're in the second portion. The second portion says, stands as, as essentially saying from where, from verse 11 of chapter 2 to 4, chapter 6, it talks about how we are to stand strong, because in our standing strong, we are a witness to the goodness of God. And we glorify Him when we act appropriately. And then the third one is we stand strong because, and we'll get to that uh, in chapter 4 and 5, we stand strong because Jesus is ultimately coming back. And so, why is He having this conversation? He is having this conversation because they were oppressed by their governing authorities. And when I, say gov when I say oppressed, I don't mean, man, they're tampering with the, the votes. I'm talking about they tied them to posts and lit them on fire so that their streets would be lit because they were Christians. I'm talking about casting them before wild animals and betting to see which of the Christians would last the longest in an arena. This is the governing authorities that were doing this. And so it caused them to scatter. It caused them to, to, to run away or try to run away. But you know what they didn't do? You know what Peter's telling them not to do? Peter's telling them, do not betray who you are. Stand strong even in the face of this oppression. Even when it is oppressive and stands against our personal beliefs, we have to stand on the Word of God. We have to concede our personal opinion. You're going to hear me say this a lot. Concede our personal opinion to the Word of God. This is legitimately what it means to be a Christian, right? That, that we take that which God tells us and we personalize it and we become that which we've been given an example of, which is Christ Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to talk about all of those things, but, but the most significant thing that I want us to walk away with today is that we have been called to be in submission to authority. Even if you don't like it, even if you don't agree with it, even if it's something that's as horrible as what we're dealing with right now or could be potentially dealing with in the very near future, at the end of the day, do you believe that God is sovereign? 
Do you believe that your salvation is strong enough to stand on? Do you believe that in your standing strong, Jesus is ultimately going to come back for you? And if you believe those things, then your only option, the only option that we have is to acknowledge the Word of God, stand on the Word of God, declare the Word of God, and be an example to the Word of God to those around us. I had to get that out fast because that I'm going to be completely transparent. I don't like that. There's some things in the Scripture that I open up and it just it just it just goes against my grain. But you know what? I've told you since the day we started. You can't determine to be a cafeteria Christian. You can't pick what you like to eat and what you don't like to eat. You have to take it from cover to cover. Whether you like it or not, if you refuse any portion of it, you might as well refuse all of it because to say this isn't true is to say none of it's true. And to say none of it's true and to not walk in obedience to that which is true means that you're not a disciple, which means that you truly haven't been obedient to Christ, which means you're probably not saved. And I know that gets down to the pink meat really fast, but that's the truth, whether we like it or not. That's the thing about the truth. It'll set you free. But it'll make you mad first. Amen? Can I tell you, in the months and months and months that I've been studying this series of texts, I've been fussy. Angela will tell you. I've been walking around with a thrown out hip for three months. Because I've searched New Testament, Old Testament. I've tried to find... I've looked everything up in the Greek and the Hebrew and tried to figure out, man, there's got maybe it doesn't mean this. You know, maybe maybe we have a misunderstanding. Maybe it hasn't been translated properly or something like that. Can I tell you, I've found no loopholes in what I'm about to tell you. So here's the truth. We have to be submissive to authority. The first two words in this text. Say it as simply as I can. And that is, submit yourself. Submit yourself. Mm. This, this doesn't mean kind of if it feels good. This word, because I told you I, I, I tried to dig, dig deep and figure out if maybe I could find a way around this thing literally means we are to arrange ourselves in formation as though under a commander. It's this particular usage is, as a, is a military term for aligning yourself under a commander. And so I don't. those of you that have been in the military, those of you that may not have, let me explain to you. When your supervisor, your sergeant, NCO, captain, officer, whatever that is, gives you a command, unless it's in direct contradiction to the United Code of Military, or the Uniform Code of Military Justice, you are under obligation to do that whether you like it or not. The same is true for authority. We are to align ourselves with them, and unless they are asking us specifically to do something that is against God and the glory of God and the Scripture, we are to submit. And you're all, what? But this party believes in abortion. But they're not telling you you have to have one. It's an evil thing, yes. But they're not commanding you to get one. 
And so you have to align yourself. I know y'all are already, if you're anything like me, my face is already red. My neck's sweaty. But I'm just trying to declare the truth to you. That we have to stand in authority. Let me read this, this text to you completely. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of who do right, of those who do right. For such is the will of God, the will of God being the command of God, the will of God being the word of God. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as a bond slave of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Oh, I can barely get through reading, but it doesn't make it any less true. So Peter a- answers without asking any questions. He answers four questions for us. And I want to cover these questions today. First question is, what is the motive of our submission? Why do we submit? What motivates us to submit? And the answer to that question is, our motive is to honor and glorify God. Everything that we do, it's simple. Why does God do everything God does? So that he might be honored and glorified. What does he call us to do? All things that honor and glorify him. To eat, drink, whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Our motivation for everything to include our submission is to honor and glorify God. Need I continue to say that? I I can um, because it's necessary. And we honor and glorify God two ways as Christians. We honor and glorify him by obeying his word. Which means we have to be obedient to the word of God. I don't like, I don't like obedience. Angela will tell you. Well, let me take that back. I I love being obedient because it gives me a confidence. I don't want to undermine the importance, the significance, the joy in obedience. But we have to be obedient. We have to do what God calls us to do. Obedience is the earmark of the Christian example. It's amazing. And I know I beat these texts to death all the time. But I, I can't undo the scripture. And this is what it says. In John 14. If you love me. You will keep my commandments. You will be obedient to me. So listen, there's only two choices. There's do you love him or do you not love him? And if the word is that you love him, you have to be obedient and keep his commandments. Verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And so it's a bit of redundancy, but then he adds to and he says, And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. I meet so many people that say, man, I don't know the will of God for my life. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know how to do such and such. 
I, I don't have the wisdom and revelation that I would desire to have in this situation. Is it possible, and I'm using the question rhetorically, is it possible that the reason you don't know God's will for your life, the reason you don't have the wisdom and revelation that you, that you desire, that you don't understand the things of God the way that you want to understand the things of God, is because you haven't been obedient and allowed God to be in a position to disclose himself to you? Man, that's a big word. That's, that is so huge. It's interesting, if you'll go back and read the, the Lord's Supper, the, this mess, the text on the Lord's Supper, you'll find that before Jesus begins his final discourse, before he starts telling all of his disciples the stuff that he's, he's about to leave, he's going to send the Holy Spirit, all this kind of stuff, you're going to see that he dismisses Judas. That's no small thing. Before he discloses his ultimate plan, he dismisses the only one that is dis has been disobedient and isn't capable of that information being disclosed to. I need you to take that to heart. I need to take that to heart. Because I want more of God. I want to know what God desires from me. I want to know what God desires from you. I, I want you to walk in the passion and the calling that God has for your life. Are, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? And it, it's not possible because unless you're obedient because it is those who love him and keep his commandments that keep his commandments that are loved by the Father and that have the Father disclosed to them. He continues in verse 23 anytime Jesus says something three or four times, it's probably because he wants you to pay attention. Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my, keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And so do you see how he's stacking blessings of obedience here? He's saying, listen, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, I'll love you, and the Father will love you, and we'll tell you all the stuff you want. Uh, we'll disclose ourselves to you. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I will love you, and you'll be loved by the Father, and he will disclose himself to you, and we will make our abode with you. We will live with you. We will bring comfort to you. We will bring peace to you. We will, we will settle your spirit because it's our spirit that lives inside of you. Those so many people right now are walking in frustration and and just complete aggravation because they're not being obedient and they don't have the peace that they desire because instead of submitting to the truth, they want to declare their own truth. And in declaring their own truth, they've, they've, allowed, they've allowed the truth to be, to, to be destroyed around them. Our responsibility is to be obedient to the word of God, to the will of God. Not only do Christians honor and glorify God by being in submission to Him, by to His Word, Christians submit in order to, to imitate Christ's example of obedient submission. You want to know how to honor and glorify God? Be Christ-like. Which, of course, falls under the umbrella of obedience because Jesus never did anything that He didn't hear from the Father to do, right? He was in complete subjection to the Father. But this holds particular significance and importance here. Because 
Christ lived under unjust and unrighteous authority. But he never raised his hand to it. Let me, let me stop here. He never asked us to abdicate our responsibility to speak the truth, though. Did you hear me? Submitting to authority doesn't mean that you still can't and you don't have an obligation to speak the truth. Because the fact of the matter is, I will die on the platform of my Christian conviction. And I hope that you will too. I, I'd give my life, and I, and I don't say this lightly, I would give my life to save the life of an unborn child. I would stand declaring the truth at the threat of my own life if that's what it took for someone to hear it. This is what Jesus did, but you know what he never did? He never took action against that authority, even when they unjustly conspired and tried to crucify him, when they unjustly and did crucify him. When he met, before, when he met with Pilate, he was there in humility, subjecting himself to his authority. When they put him on the cross, when he put himself on the cross and he was mocked and said, why don't you come down from there? He, he's, he, I can't remember exactly how the text goes, but he says essentially, you're out of your mind. If I didn't want to be up here, I wouldn't be up here. But this is me being obedient to the will of God and submissive to the authority. Well, Pastor Jim, you expect me to die? I expect you to die for what you say you believe in. I think God expects us to lay down our own life. Pick up your cross and follow me. Isn't some lame thing. It isn't some, some saying that they wouldn't have understood completely what he was talking about. There was no contextual issue with the original hearers of the pick up your cross and follow me. They knew the instrument of death that the cross was, but he said, do it anyway. Don't give up your responsibility, but be submissive, be obedient. We honor the Lord when unsaved people associate us with Christ-like behavior. We honor God when we're long-suffering patient we honor God when we're humble in the face of those that are proud my favorite verse man is I must decrease so that he must so that he can increase when we do that we honor and glorify God I love this verse Philippians 2 14 through 15 says do all things without grumbling or disputing are you hearing that he's talking to the church He's writing to the, to the Philippian church, to the church in Philippi. Do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves blameless and innocent. Why are you proving yourself? So other people can see. Why do we present evidence in court? So other people can see the truth about what's actually conspired or is conspiring. That's the purpose of proof. 
is so that other people can see that we are blameless and innocent, that we are children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Can I tell you, we live in a crooked and perverse generation. But what is our responsibility? To live in such a way to prove what we are and who we belong to. Among whom you appear as lights in the world. Me and Mama and Angela were talking about this during dinner today. That we are lights in the world. I want you to take away all the conjecture, all the theology. I want you to take away all of it. Angela, turn all the lights off in here. Just See how super dark it is in here? Turn them back on. See, and it was, how much more can you see now? I don't, don't want to be stupid. But I'm just, so take away all the theology. What is the primary purpose of light? To show, to bear witness to, to, to make things known. Did you know you can't make anything known if you don't live in such a way so as to prove yourself blameless and innocent as children of God? People ask me all the time, man, why, do you, why, why am I still on Facebook? I used to get asked, why do you go to Starbucks? Don't you know they hate Christians? I don't know that they hate Christians. I'm certain that the people that work behind the counter of this Starbucks don't hate Christians because I've talked to them about Jesus. But regardless, why would I leave a room that was dark if I'm the only light in it? God didn't call me not to be in the world that's already lit. He called me to be a light in the darkness. You know, I'm going to boycott that. They don't like Christians. Don't boycott that. Go there. Be a Christian. Prove yourself innocent and blameless. Prove yourself a child of God so that their mouth might be shut, so that they can truly understand the purpose of the light, which is to drive out the darkness in them. This is an indictment on us. Everything that happens in the world is because we allowed our light to be hidden, because we refused to illuminate that which should have been illuminated generations ago. This is a perverse generation because the generation before us and the generation before that and the generation before that dimmed their light for the sake of personal prosperity little by little by little until finally now we're sitting in the dark looking for the switch to light the room mad that it's dark our job is to honor god our nature is to light not to grumble and complain because grumbling and complaining instead of being submissive, goes against the nature we've been given. It feels good because it's in our physical nature, but that's not who we are. They used to tell us in a verbal judo class, which is a class I taught at the police academy, and it was essentially a class about how to talk yourself out of about any situation or convince people to do what you want them to do. And they used to tell us that if it feels good, it's not good which means if it makes you feel good to say it, it probably wasn't the right thing to say. But we're so willing to say the things that make us feel good about us that's going to get an applause from the crowd 
You go, pastor. You say that stuff. I'm, st- I'm, I'm there with you. But this is the truth. Whether you plot or not, whether you're excited or not, whether you ever decide to tune in or darken the door of Launch Point Church again, this is the truth. Applaud it or don't. That's between you and God. Your responsibility, our responsibility, is to be obedient. Amen? We should have the character of Christ. This is our responsibility. This is how we be like. Be like Jesus. 1 Peter 2.24 And while being reviled, which means hated, they hated Jesus. Why did they hate him? They didn't hate him because he was submissive and quiet. They hated him because in his submission, he still told the truth. And while being reviled, while being hated, he did not hate in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats and kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Man, that's where we need to get to. We need to get to a place where we recognize that God is sovereign, that he watches over us, that it's his place to judge, and that he will judge righteously. Well, they're talking about Christians, man. They're telling us how bad we how bad we are, and and they're just blah, 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 and we should do this, and we should do that. The first question I'd ask for those of you that think, man, I'm going to pick up my gun and fight. Let me ask you a question, and I mean this at the most basic level. Get your gun, get your ammo, walk out of your house. What direction should you point yourself in? What are you fighting? What do you literally, and I mean it in the most literal term, what are you aiming your scope at? But it makes us feel good to talk all that trash. While we talk that trash, though, the world laughs at us and minimizes the glory of God. Y'all feel where I'm coming from? That's a hard word, ain't it? Man, I hate that because I've been, I've been that guy. I'm going to pick up my gun, man. I'm handle my business. Yeah, where are you going? Who you fight? You don't trust God to judge righteously on your behalf? You don't trust that God's capable of taking care of you, that he's sovereign, that at the end of the day you've never been promised anything in the word of God but suffering and turmoil and problems? Your best life now is internal, not physical. Those of y'all that bought into this, man, I, I should be prosperous. You should be prosperous, and I pray for your prosperity. But I would never pray for your prosperity over your holiness. Because I would... It's hard, because I live in a nice house. I would live in a tent. And be joyful that in my house and be unholy. This should be the attitude of the Christian. What is the reason 
for such submission. The reason for submission is simple. We talked about the motivation, or I'm sorry, what is the extent of our submission? Verse 13b through 14 reads like this. For the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether to as a king or as one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. What's the extent of our submission? Everybody repeat after me. Every human institution. Because I tell you, and I've said it myself, it says a king. I'll serve a king. I live in America. It says to every king, whether it's to a king, is the one in authority, or to get governors. Every human institution. What's the extent of our submission? Every human institution. Does that mean some? That means all. Because all governing authorities are established and ordained by God. And if all authorities are established and ordained by God, according to Romans chapter 13, 1 through 5, to buck the authority that God has established is to buck God himself, to stand opposed to God himself. I don't, I do not concern myself. And this is hard to say because I love you. And if you're watching online, I love you. I do not concern myself with your personal opinion. The word of God simply states every human institution. And as a patriot, that's no easy word for me to say, but it's the only word I can say. People say, well, what about such and such? Or what about so and so? Or was the American patriot, the American revolution, was that a sin? I don't have to answer for generations but long ago. I have to answer for me and the words that come from this pulpit and the way that I lead this congregation and those under the sound of my voice. And the word of God says every human institution, every human institution every human institution this is I'm, I'm repeating myself for me not for you all nations all authorities God is sovereign and wise over all of them and do you trust him enough to judge them righteously because like I said the Bible says God's going to burn this thing to the ground it's going to get worse before it gets better Somebody sent me a meme the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's the, it's the little kid, kind of a little fat kid, and he's all looks all nervous, you know. And it says, people, 2020 can't get any worse. Those of us that have read the book of Revelation, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to get worse, so much worse before it gets better. But you know what I trust? I trust myself in the hand of a sovereign and wise and loving and merciful and gracious God over any human institution anyway. God's going to destroy it after we destroy it. And build it back beautifully. So stand strong. The reason for our submission to shut the mouth of the gospel critic. Verse 15, and I, I know I'm at time, but 
Hang out if you want to. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence, silence the ignorance of foolish men. Our right behavior, our submission, silences the ignorance of foolish men. You know, we live in a foolish society. Have you ever seen someone so, a society so opposed to not just truth, but what seems as common sense? That's the kind of ignorance we're talking about. It's more than just a a people that don't know. It's a people that are ignorant and willfully desiring to not know. These people, it doesn't matter what you tell them. It's what you show them. Our job, the reason for our submission is because it shuts the mouth of the ignorant. Jesus, God, worried about his own reputation. In Exodus 32, verses uh, 7 through 14, if you want to go there at some point and look it up, it's Exodus 32, 7 through 14. God is mad. Moses comes down off the mountain. They're worshiping an idol. And God's going to destroy all of them. And in verse 12, God is, or sorry, Moses essentially says, but God, the people are going to say, the Egyptians are going to say about you that you brought these people out here just to kill them. Do you want them talking bad about you? He made a plea to God's glory. He made a plea recognizing that God's extension of grace and mercy would cause his reputation to grow. This is one of the greatest things my papa ever taught me. I told you the three things that papa ever taught. Three things papa told me before I left the mil- for the military. Be a, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear. Everything in moderation. But the one I don't talk about a whole lot is pay your bills before you eat. I understand that then. What The reason that that was so important to him is because my name was attached to his reputation. The tarnishing of my reputation was the tarnishing of his reputation. And if Papa cared about his reputation, why wouldn't God be concerned about his? All of us have seen some kid in the grocery store kicking and screaming because they didn't get something they wanted. None of us I mean, we may want to beat the kid, but none of us had any other thought of what is wrong with that kid's parents? Where is his mama and daddy? Because you will always be associated with the works of your children, whether you like that or not. Mm. What's the attitude of our submission? 16 and 17, very simply, act as free men. But do, don't use your freedom as a covering for, evi- for evil, but use it as a bond slave of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Act as free men. We're free men. Act like it. Romans 8, 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. But then you know what it says? 
It says, don't use your freedom to act stupid. Don't use your freedom as a thin as a thin covering for the evil in your heart. Be obedient to the word of God. You're free as a slave to righteousness. Act as free men. Act as the free bond servant that you are. It sounds contradictory. It sounds like a paradox. But let me tell you, it's not. I have freedom because Christ set me free. But in that freedom, I've moved myself, and I'm going to reference an Old Testament thing. I've moved myself to the doorway and let him punch a hole in my ear to show the world that I belong to him always and I will be submissive to him always. Be a bond slave. This is the lowest term of servitude in the whole scripture. Servitude or bond slave. It, it gives the indication of being wholly enveloped, consumed, and concerned about the will of another. Are you that? Are you wholly consumed by the will of God? Because if you are, Peter says, honor all people. No sense in talking trash to somebody talking trash to you. All men, saved or unsaved, were created in the image of God. And all you do when you refuse to honor all people is make him look bad. If you do declare yourself a bond slave, if you are wrapped up in the will of God, love the brotherhood. Love each other. Support each other. In times when the whole world comes against you, you've got to circle the wagon sometimes. It's the importance of family. Circle the wagon. Put the women and children in the middle and trust one another. Comfort one another. Pray for one another. Love one another. Encourage one another. All the one another's in Scripture. If you're concerned with the will of God, that is the will of God for your life. Fear God. And we just came out of a series about the fear of God. We recognize that he is bigger, greater, more significant than any issue or problem that we have. That he loves us. That our peace is internal. And that he will not leave us forsaken. And then finally, honor the king. If you truly want to be consumed wholly enveloped with the will of God, you have to obey the commandment of God. Even in the instances where you don't like it, our responsibility is to honor the king. Or, as it says in verse 13, every human institution. Amen? I'm going to pray us close. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the strength of your Holy Spirit. God, this is, you know, I'm not saying anything you haven't heard me say. This was a hard word for me, but I thank you for the compassion and the love that you've shown and the fortitude to be able to speak it. God, I ask that you, that you allow every person within the sound of my voice that's heard your word spoken to internalize it. To not only internalize it, but to grab a hold of it in such a way that it becomes the whole of who they are. The whole of who we are. Teach us to be obedient in all things. So that you may 
love us so that we may show our love to you, so that you may show us who you are, so that you may live with us and give us peace. In a time of turmoil, we submit ourselves to you, not trusting every human institution, but submitting to it. Because we know that it's your job to judge, not ours. And so, God, I ask that you give us a voice to advocate for the truth, but a heart submissive to your word. And I thank you because I know that you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.